Hello and welcome to Life for Living. My name is Pat Kilby. I'm the pastor at Cary First Baptist Church in Cary, North Carolina. Light for Living is a podcast designed to share biblical truth from a fresh perspective with an emphasis on relevant and practical application for our life. So currently we're teaching through the book of Revelation and we're beginning Revelation chapter 12. So last week we gave a, a full review of everything we've learned up to this point. But when you get to Revelation chapter 11, 15 verses 15 through 19 are, are, are very important. And so in Revelation 11, 15 through 19, the seventh trumpet is sounded. And when the seventh trumpet sounds, what we, what we have happen is, is several things. The seventh trumpet describes the second half of the tribulation, which is called the great tribulation, which then leads to the millennium, which is the thousand year reign of Christ upon the earth, followed by the great white throne judgment, and then the beginning of eternity. So the seventh trumpet, we have like a, I want to say it's like a 30,000 foot view of how the future develops and plays out. So when you read Revelation 11, 15 through 19, the seventh trumpet sounds. So we have this huge overview, but when you get to Revelation 12, 13, and 14, we're going to get the boots on the ground version. So what we see in Revelation chapter 12, 13, and 14 is what's going on during, during the earth, and we get a historical view of what's happened uh, that's brought us to the place in history that John is actually describing. So Revelation chapters 12, 13, and 14 give us clarity and details about how these things mentioned from a 30,000-foot view in Revelation chapter 11, verses 15 through 19, how these will come to pass, who will play a major part in these developments, and what order these events will take place. So once again, in other words, Revelation 11, 15 through 19, give us an outline of things to come. And when the seventh trumpet sounds, Revelation chapters 12 through 14, give us the, the boots on the ground details. So I want to read to you Revelation chapter 12, and then this podcast is not going to be very long because we're just going to introduce the main players in, uh, in, in history in regard to uh, what the Revelation speaks about. So I want to read Revelation chapter 12, verses 1 through 17, then we'll talk about uh, players as the, the main players in, in history as it's been revealed to this point. So a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in labor and agony as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven. There was a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and 10 horns and on its heads were seven crowns. Its tail swept away a third of the stars in heaven and hurled them to the earth. And the dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that when she did give birth, it might devour her child. She gave birth to a son, a male who was going to rule all nations with an iron rod. Her child was caught up to God into his throne. The woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God to be nourished there for 1260 days. Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon and his angels also fought, but he could not prevail, and there was no place for them in heaven any longer. 
So the great dragon was thrown out, the ancient serpent who was called the devil and Satan. The one who deceives the whole world, he was thrown to earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have now come because the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been thrown down. They conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they did not love their lives to the point of death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens and you who dwell in them. Woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has come down to you with great fury because he knows his time is short. When the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to the earth, he persecuted the woman who had given birth to the male child. The woman was given two wings of a great eagle so that she could fly from the serpent's presence to her place in the wilderness where she was nourished for a time, times and a half, and a half time. From his mouth the serpent spewed water like a river flowing after the woman to sweep her away with the flood. But the earth helped the woman. The earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the river and the dragon had spewed from his mouth. So the dragon was furious with the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring, those who keep the commands of God and hold firmly to the testimony about Jesus. So once again, verse 17. So the dragon was furious, furious with the woman. He went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring. Her offspring are those who keep the commands of God and hold firmly to the testimony about Jesus. So Revelation chapter 11, once again, gives us this 30,000-foot view, but now it's kind of confusing when you go to Revelation chapter 12 because now we hear John sees a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head. Who is this woman? Then we have, after the description of this woman, there's a great fiery red dragon. He has seven heads and ten horns, and we'll get into that later. But I want to know, who is the woman and who is the dragon? So uh, to help understand this, I've, uh, you know, I consult a lot of uh, commentaries, and I, I try to not only understand what other scholars and commentarians are saying, but I, I want to know and, and, and understand for, for myself what, what is God really saying to me, and how do we... Uh, articulate this. So down through time, people have had different opinions and theories and attitudes about who the woman is. And some people say the the woman is the church, and some people say the woman is the mother uh, of the Messiah, which is is Mary. But others say the woman is uh, Israel, and others have other far-flung opinions. So I want to read, because I think William Barclay and his testament or in his commentary on, on Revelation, does a really good job explaining this. So I want to read from uh, the Revelation of John, his commentary uh, from William Barclay. He says this, and he's talking about who the woman is. If the woman is the mother of the Messiah, an obvious suggestion is that she should be identified with Mary. But the woman is so clearly a superhuman figure that she can hardly be identified with any single individual human being. So understand this. We know the earthly mother of Mary is Jesus, but that is not who's being described here in Revelation chapter 12. William Barclay goes on to say, The persecution of the woman by the dragon 
suggests the possibility that she might be identified with the Christian church. However, the objection to that is the Christian church could hardly be called the mother of the Messiah. In the Old Testament, the chosen people, what we might call the people of God or Israel, the community of the people of God, is often called the bride of God. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 5 says, Thy maker is thine husband. It is Jeremiah's sad complaint that Israel has played the harlot in disloyalty to God. Jeremiah chapter 3, verses 6 through 10, Jeremiah says, Hosea hears God say, I will betroth thee unto me forever. Hosea 2, 19 says um, basically the same thing. Ultimately, down through time, people have um, have turned their back on God, and many times uh, it has been described that the nation of Israel has has turned their back and actually played the harlot. So in the Revelation itself, we hear of the marriage feast of the Lamb and the bride of the Lamb, and we also understand that the church is, is the bride of Christ. So we know the woman is not the church. We know the woman is not Mary. We, not, we must understand the woman is the nation of Israel. So when we read Revelation chapter 12, let's just go ahead and take out the descriptor of woman, and let's put in the, the descriptor of, of Israel or the nation of Israel. So, Revelation chapter 12, verse 1, a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman or a nation or the nation of Israel closed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in labor and agony as she was about to give birth. So, the nation of Israel is the one who gave birth to the Messiah. There are 12 tribes, and out of the tribe of Judah, there is a lion. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. So it must be understood this woman is the nation of Israel. And so in Revelation chapter 12, we have a, a, a fairly fast-paced description of of what God is going to do with the nation of Israel. From the nation of Israel, the Messiah is going to come. And it's so amazing to me when we start reading Genesis and go all the way through Scripture and get to Revelation, even in Genesis. And we know that, and, and I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but that Satan is, is the dragon and he's thrown down, and his entire purpose is to overthrow God. Satan, want, Satan wants to lift him up himself up as God. And so Adam and Eve, they start having offspring. There's Abel and Cain. Abel gives an acceptable sacrifice. Cain does not. I believe Satan comes into Cain. Cain kills Abel. And uh, Satan is probably thinking, you know what? Uh, I've won. But through the line of Seth, one of their other children, God continues to fulfill his purpose. You see, in Genesis 3.15, we have a promise that uh, Satan will strike the heel of of God and the heel of mankind, but the only way to kill a snake, and we understand the offspring of Adam and Eve, will, will smash the head of the serpent. So Satan has always been trying to destroy the Messiah, to destroy God's plan, to destroy God's people, because if he can do that, then he can, in his own mind, he thinks he can overthrow God. So we have this woman 
the woman is the, the nation of Israel. Israel is the one that gives birth to the Messiah. This is prophesied many, many times in the Old Testament, in my estimation, most clearly in, in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah says, you want a sign? I'll give you a sign. A virgin will conceive, give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So, uh, and certainly we read in the uh, New Testament account at the birth of Jesus, even Herod wanted to put to death uh, Jesus, who who was known to be King of Kings and, and Lord of Lords. So Satan is always, he has always been about trying to destroy the work and the plan of God. So we understand the woman, the woman is the nation of Israel, and she gives birth to the Messiah. Now let's go to verse 3. Then another sign appeared in heaven. There was a great fiery red dragon. What imagery here? There's a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns. And we won't get to that in this podcast, but on its head there were seven crowns. Now get this in verse 4. Its tail, the tail of the fiery red dragon, swept away a third of the stars in heaven and hurled them to the earth. Now, Satan tried to overthrow God, and when he tried to overthrow God, he was thrown out. There was a great war waged in heaven. Now, I don't pretend to understand what happened in ancient history, but we do know that Satan was the prince of the angels, and he was overcome with pride, and he tried to overthrow God. There was a mighty war. Satan, the prince of the angels, and all the angels who followed after him, they are described as stars, they were hurled out of heaven. They were hurled out of heaven to the earth. So now we go, and we're skipping through some time now. You need to understand this, and this is apocalyptic language, so sometimes it makes great strides through time. So we know that in ancient history, Satan tried to overcome God. There was a great war in heaven. He and those who followed him, the demons who followed him, they were hurled to the earth. Then this dragon, Satan, stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that when she did give birth, it might devour her child. I look down all through history where God has raised up or Satan has raised up people to uh, devour the child. I think about Moses, how God used Moses to deliver the people of God out of Egypt. Satan was was having all the Hebrew male boys killed at birth, murdered at birth, but God spared Moses and God used Moses. Satan raised up Haman. Haman was going to destroy all the Jews. He was going to annihilate them, but God raised up Esther and, and she stood. She was appointed for for such a time as as this. And then throughout history, we have monsters like, like Hitler who tried to exterminate the Jews. Satan has always been trying to exterminate the Jews because if he can, he can destroy God's plan. We know the Jewish people through the Old Testament text are God's chosen people. Through his chosen people, he's brought the Messiah. Satan is trying to destroy. And when we get to uh, the tribulation, he's trying to destroy God's people even then. So we know that Satan is is trying to and has always tried to destroy the plan of God, to destroy the people of God, and he did, tried to destroy the Messiah who would bring salvation not only to the Jews but to everyone who would accept him. 
So now we get back to, to the woman. We get back to the nation of Israel. She gave birth to a son, verse 5, a male who was going to rule all nations with an iron rod. We see these prophecies in, in the Old Testament, especially Isaiah. Then we understand that Jesus, her child, was caught up to God and to his throne. This happens in Acts, in Acts chapter 1, uh, when Jesus is uh, called away. They saw him go up in a cloud. And so we're making huge strides through history And now you get to verse 6, the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God to be nourished there for 1,260 days. That's half of the tribulation. So in the tribulation where uh, Satan, the Antichrist, the false prophet, they're wanting to exterminate the Jews, there's going to be a place of safety and refuge for the Jewish people, the people of God. Then verse 7. Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon and his angels also fought, but he, the dragon, could not prevail, and there was no place for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was thrown out, the ancient serpent who was called the devil and Satan. He's the one who deceives the whole world. He was thrown to earth and his angels with him. Verse 10, then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have now come because the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been thrown down. They conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they did not love their life to the point of death. So here's what's going on here. Um, the salvation and the power and the kingdom of, God, of our God and the authority of Christ have now come. Jesus is the one who paid the price for our salvation. And earlier in Revelation, we understand he is the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God who's the one is, is the one who steps up and takes the, the, the sealed scroll from the right hand of God. There's only one worthy. He's the one who died for our sins on the cross. We conquer. We conquer death, hell, and the grave. We conquer Satan. We conquer his accusations. We conquer through the blood of of the lamb, Jesus paid the price for our sin. So it's we're, we're learning that the woman is Israel. Salvation comes from the Messiah who comes from the nation of Israel. It's always been God's plan to, to stop the Messiah, to destroy the people of God, to annihilate them. And now we get to verse 13. When the dragon saw that he'd been thrown down to the earth, he persecuted the woman. He persecutes the people of God. He persecutes the nation of Israel. And when you look at a map of the nation of Israel, they are so small geographically, but yet hold such a a huge piece of what's going on in our world and throughout all of history. It's it's incredible, but God's people are, are the nation of Israel. He chose them. Why he chose them, we don't know, but they became his, his special people. So verse 13, once again, when the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to the earth, he was he persecuted the woman who had given birth to the male child. The woman was given two wings of a great eagle so that she could fly from the serpent's presence to her place in the wilderness where she was nourished for a time, times, and a half time. So they are taken care of during, uh, during the tribulation. And many scholars would say that uh, the Jews during the tribulation will will flee to to the hills and to the city that's been hewn out of the rock, and uh, they will they will find refuge there. 
But the people of God who will be persecuted severely during the persecution, they will be they will be given a place of, of safety and refuge. Verse 17, so the dragon was furious with the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring. The offspring of the nation of Israel are those who keep the commands of God and hold firmly to the testimony about Jesus. So that's why Satan is, he's at war with every follower of Christ. That's why Paul talks about put on the whole armor of God. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're fighting against against Satan, against principalities, against powers, against demonic forces. Satan, just like he wants to throw down the nation of Israel and the people of God, he wants to throw down and destroy every believer. And Jesus tells us that Satan comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But we have power over Satan. We have power over principalities and demonic forces because he came that we might have life and we might have it more abundantly. Our hope is in him. Our help is in him. Our salvation is in him. We can trust him. And, you know, I probably need to do a whole series on the armor of God in light of the fact that Satan hates those who hold firmly to the testimony about Jesus. We need to put on this armor because in this armor, we can face all the fiery arrows. We can face the darts. We can face the onslaught of the enemy. So Revelation chapter 12 really introduces us and takes us back to to the beginning, but it also runs us all the way through the end of tribulation. There's a woman. She gives birth to a child. The woman is the nation of Israel. The, The red fiery dragon, he is Satan and his demonic forces. They've been thrown out of heaven. He is waging war ultimately against anything that would get in his way, anything that would get in his way from overcoming God, that is not going to happen, but understand if we hold firmly to the commands of God and we hold firmly to the testimony of Jesus Christ, we will always be the enemy of Satan. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, and that's the great hope that we cling to. So Revelation chapter 12 starts to allow us to see a boots-on-the-ground picture of, of what's going on. We understand ultimately that, that God wins Jesus is the Savior, he's the Master, he's the King of kings and Lord of lords, and he's going to throw down Satan once and for all. But until that happens, we're in a great war. We're in a great war, but greater is he that it's in me than he that's in the world. So uh, next week we're going to look at Revelation chapter 13. So I I encourage you as you uh, listen to this podcast, Not only do I encourage you to continue listening, but I also want you to invite your family members, friends, neighbors, co-workers, and acquaintances to join us as we continue to study the book of Revelation. I hope you have a great week, and thanks for joining us today on Light for Living.